What is going on, everyone, and welcome back to Bears on Tap. We are here on Memorial Day recording for you guys, um, and we'd like to definitely send a thank you from Bears on Tap to all the veterans out there, um, you know, everyone that didn't make it back, everyone that makes it possible for us to even record this podcast. We want to just, um, you know, extend our thanks and, uh, you know, make sure you guys have a, have a great Memorial Day with your families and stuff like that. But today we are talking about Chicago Bears football, some of this stuff going on on Twitter. You can go ahead and give us a follow at Bears on Tap or follow on Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can follow me at Lucas Perfetti 46. I got beat on 300 on the line, Mr. Brandon Suarez and that pod guy, Duke Duke Coughlin. Gentlemen, how we doing? Uh, feeling good. You know, uh, I want to definitely echo everything Lucas said there. Um, happy Memorial Day. I hope all of you are enjoying this weekend with your family, enjoying the time off. Um, I have kept my meat on the table. If anyone follow me on Twitter, I've been grilling up all of Jay Cutler's meat of his uh, new meat service. I'm hoping to have a full review of that out soon. But uh, yeah, man, it's uh, talk some Bears football. It's the first time we've been uh, been together in a while, boys. Yeah, it's been a busy month for me. I actually just started an internship with the Kane County Cougars, and this is like my my down month. Uh, there's not too much going on in the college football world and the Bears world as well, but there is always enough going on for us to talk about it, and we do have enough for us to talk about it today, and there are some interesting talking points, but again, and I state Justin Fields forever. That's my quarterback. Let's find a way to get him the starting job by week one and let's ride. Yeah, I mean, let's start it off with the uh, ESPN report that just came out literally like 20, 30 minutes ago. It's kind of perfect that we were recording today. Duke, why don't you go ahead and read it? You got it pulled up? Yeah, so um, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler went on a get up today, Monday, uh, Memorial Day, whatever you want to refer to it as. Um, and he kind of had a big quote. And what he said was, and this is quote this off season, the bears addressed their situation and said, look, we've got an eight and eight team. We just need an upgraded quarterback. Then get us closer to 10 wins. They felt Andy Dalton did that. They said, Hey, we can win 10 games with this guy. He's a slight upgrade at the position, but then they had a chance at Justin Fields, crazy athlete, great ability. They said, okay, this is a long-term play. Now, if fields is just undeniable over the next three, three to four months in training camp, they're not going to just sit him just for fun or posterity just to play the veteran. So they're going to give him the best chance, but they're okay with sitting fields. If Dalton has good grass on the job and they feel like they can win with him. So they believe they're going to be better regardless. It just depends on whether fields is ready week one. So yeah, essentially that kind of sounds like um, there's an opening there. It's fields is going to, get a chance to work with the, with the ones and see how quick he can grasp an NFL offense. Yeah. And great job with the cold reading there. I kind of put Duke on the spot and he killed it. I feel like if it was me or beat on, we would have been looked, sounded like we needed hooked on phonics. No, it wasn't me because <laughs> I used to, when we did popcorn reading, I would purposely pick on the kid that read like that. Yeah. Every time. Sorry. Yeah. That's terrible. Um, but yeah, I think we kind of have highlighted this in the last couple of weeks and that's why we haven't been as frequent with our podcast just because it's kind of like beating the dead horse at this point, but it's nice that this report came out to kind of confirm with what we been saying there's no reason that the best listen I actually was at a barbecue yesterday with one of my buddies and his mom kind of came out of left field and we were talking about Justin Fields and she was just like a normal fan she's not a a super fan or anything crazy like us Uh, so you know not someone that analyzes the game a little bit more in depth and she was just kind of like well what about Patrick Mahomes he sat for that first year and and this and that and I was like you know what dude I think Patrick Mahomes is the outlier and I think we've kind of come to see that 
really with a, a lot of the research that's being done. But not only that, Alex Smith was a, a was a legit quality quarterback, and I I think Mitchell Trubisky would have actually benefited so much more greatly from getting someone like an Alex Smith and sitting for one full year than a Justin Fields. It's the moment's not too big. Like if Justin Fields were to march into LA on Sunday night football, he would feel at home because that's the type of games he played in at Ohio state. So if he is the best quarterback in training camp, even though he might need to iron out some wrinkles and work on who knows reading the field, we're not sure. We haven't, we haven't heard any of the training camp stuff coming out, but I think realistically he would be more than ready to go. um, If he's, if he's the best quarterback at training camp. And I think that's something we've kind of echoed for a while here. Yeah, and I hope his throwing motion's on point so Dan Orlovsky can just shut the fuck up already because Justin Chris Fields Sims is a good culture. Yeah, Dan Orlovsky also did it too. But yeah, Chris Sims had him, what, ranked as the 39th quarterback or some some absurd shit out of 32 qualities or 32 qualifying starters. So that puts him seven behind, you know, just starting quarterbacks for every team, which is absolutely ridiculous. I know he hasn't played a snap yet, but it's- we draft. They had Keelan Mond at 38, Chris. Yeah, that's okay. So he can go that's clickbait. That's clickbait. You know, we see clickbait from companies that are at our level. Chris Sims played in the NFL, was dog shit in the NFL, and now he is a podcaster and is dog shit at that too, we see. So it is what it is. But I mean, as you saw how we were with Mitchell Trubisky, damn near every single host that has ever been on this show as a part of Bears on Tap, with the exclusion of AMP who is no longer on the show, he does fantasy hour on tap, has been in on supporting our guy. And if you've seen Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or just talk to any Bears fans right now, there is a buzz about Justin Fields. And like, like you said, Lucas, whether it was Ohio State, I know he didn't really get a lot of run at Georgia, but at Ohio State, he's played in college football playoffs, Big Ten championship every single year. He's played in college football playoff semifinals. This guy was built for the big moment. He has a great arm. He is a playmaker like we've never seen at the quarterback position for the Chicago Bears. And when you have a guy like that with 4-4 speed that can run and isn't a run-first guy, has a cannon like he does, and just runs like, you know, out of necessity and when he needs to, to create and make, you know, a play when there isn't a play there, this guy is going to win the job in camp. And I forgot what word it was that, that Duke said, but you know, that article that he spoke of where it's like, it has, you know, we're not just going to sit him for the aesthetic. Like if he wins the job, he's going to win the job. Ryan Pace has always been a best player available guy in the draft. And you would assume the best player will start, which is how it should be at every level of football. I'm sorry for anybody who has a little Johnny that they coach that shouldn't be on the field, but best players should always play on the football field. It is detrimental to the team's success. And if that's Justin Fields, it's Justin Fields. If it's Andy Dalton, it's Andy Dalton. You're going to have my support either way. Well, I think I'm going to go back to uh, kind of the biggest point I've been trying to make this entire offseason, especially since we've gotten Justin Fields, is regardless if, regardless if they were going to give him a chance in camp or not, I really feel like Justin Fields is that type of quarterback. He was going to force their hand regardless. And I really think if they're going to give him this type of opportunity, he's going to continue to force that hand. Like the biggest comparison I've put out there, and I I think a couple people have really picked up on it, is the Russell Wilson comparison. Because, you know, people have to remember that Pete Carroll – 
went out and signed Matt Flynn for a nice chunk of money. And yeah, we can laugh at Matt Flynn now, but you know, he did kind of put his meat on the table against the Detroit lions to kind of earn himself that contract. So we didn't quite know what we were getting out of Matt. $120 million game, bro. Well, I mean, it wasn't that much. He duped duped people, but yeah, I get the whole league, bro. Yeah, a hundred percent. But like, it showed that even with Seattle tying that much money up at the quarterback position, and with a guy like Pete Carroll who really hadn't done anything quite yet with that team, Russell Wilson came in and took that fucking job. Like, there were no questions asked. That team was behind him week one, and I really think there's a big possibility of Justin Fields doing that. With all of that being said, and like, I'm a guy who's been in on Justin Fields, you know, even, even if you want to pull up that tweet of me fucking dogging Ohio state quarterbacks from last year, I'm a salty Badgers fan. Bro, I'm a salty Badgers fan and I'll fucking admit it. I'm a salty Badgers fan and I'll merge. It was George. He's just cocksucker. Yeah. That cocksucker. Fuck the Vikings. Yeah. I mean, and. That's fine. If you guys want to pull that up on me, that's cool. But like, I've been on board with Justin Fields throughout this entire fucking process because like the talent's impossible not to see. And the reason why, like I was so salty about him in college was because I'm a Wisconsin Badgers fan and I had to watch him shit on our fucking team every single year that we played him. Like, that's just, that's how talented he is. And he did it against top level competition. You know what I mean? He did it against teams like Clemson. He did it. He did it against the best teams in the nation, you know, there Six was no situation too big. Hung him on his head on Clemson, bro. Well, I mean, and even when you look at like what he did against Indiana, it wasn't the greatest game overall, but he did what it took to to put up points against winner. that defense. And that defense is really, really fucking stouter. It was last year. So, and I'll be one to usually I would have no problem throwing Duke under the bus, but I'll be one to say the second that Justin Fields was no longer an Ohio State Buckeye. Like when he left, it was, yes, we need to draft him. He's the best quarterback in the draft. So I'll give him that credit. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are bringing up the the kind of the similarities with Mitch Trubisky and Mike Glennon, where Mitch Trubisky was clearly the best quarterback in camp. But like I said, I think it's a completely different animal. Mitch Trubisky was a project from the start. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't a Deshaun Watson situation. This, to me, Justin Fields is more like a Deshaun Watson. He's ready to plug and play right now. Yeah, and I think the thing is with Fields is, like Duke talked about and like you talked about, he's built for this. Like, give the situation that he had at Georgia, okay? So he he was QB1 on the Netflix show. Like you said, Lucas, he has been in the shining light since he was 17 years old. There has been cameras on him. There has been, you know, he's been going up against Trevor Lawrence in the, in the I don't know what they're called, like the Rivals camps and the Nike camps and whatever. Like, they've been going head-to-head for years. One of the underlying stories that we haven't talked about is, you know, Justin Fields was supposed to be the second draft pick, you know, going into last season, Justin Fields was locked in at the second draft pick. That's a guy who plays better with a chip on his shoulder. You saw it all season long at Ohio state. You saw it coming down the stretch. They absolutely blasted Clemson. There was never a doubt. And, and, you know, they're outmatched against Alabama, which happens to damn near everyone that plays Alabama. But You saw him through the draft process. You saw his pro day. He had great passes. You take a look and peel back at his numbers throughout college, and he's he's ahead of Zach Wilson. He's ahead of Trey Lance. He's ahead of Mac Jones and all these guys. And now he's getting doubted to even be the starter. I feel bad for anybody who's putting out shitty Justin Fields takes because he is going to exceed his already high expectations. And, again, Look at all the generations of people in our families that have never seen a quarterback like this. 
we are turning the page on that chapter in Chicago Bears history, and it starts with Fields. Yeah, and I absolutely love the confidence, but we're going to talk about the inverse of that because that's fine. I'll be the donkey. <clears throat> no, it's fine. It, no, it's we're going to talk about the inverse of that as well because most people have that confidence going into it, and this is something that we kind of talked about pre-show. Is you know he is also a, a rookie, like he's coming from college to the NFL transition could be a little bit more rocky than people want to believe i actually even heard this one meatball fan on like waddle and silver or something saying like oh blah, blah blah he should wear um number 11 which i actually really like the idea because he was drafted 11th overall and just kind of like just a shit on everybody but long story short um you know there can be an inverse and he can have a slow start he he even though he was really efficient his td to interception ratio was fantastic like the windows do get tighter in the nfl decisions are harder first read you have to you have to leave your first reader a lot more and players i'm not saying are, players are faster too players are faster like gaps close so much quicker you know what i mean so i'm not i'm not sitting here saying that i don't think justin fields is going to be incredible but what i'm saying is right now justin fields has the number three four and five top sold jerseys which i don't understand how anyone buys the orange jerseys anymore but three four and five out of the top sold jerseys this offseason is justin fields number one and two is tim tebow which that's a whole different fucking can of worms to un like that's just insanity to me but i mean really think about that though tim tebow has more jerseys sold than trevor lawrence and we don't even know if this motherfucker is going to make the team you know like when you really think about it that man was the savior of the university of florida so i understand it but at the same time it's so fucking nuts to me um but yeah let's just a racist and a priest walk into a bar (laughs) the only thing i (sighs) record that's terrible dude (laughs) The the only thing that I am, I guess, requesting from Bears fans is just fucking put your knives away. Put your swords down if Justin Fields doesn't come onto the scene and just absolutely fucking explode. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, and, like, I guess to kind of summarize all of that, because I was kind of, you know, just temper your expectations. You know what I mean? Like, dude – be in be in a Justin Fields for the long haul. Don't be in a Justin Fields for like two years. You know what I mean? Don't be in a Justin Fields when the hype is hot. Don't be all on his nuts when, you know, he's, you know, the hype is all the way through the roof. Stop going at Packer fans and saying that we have the fucking best quarterback in the league right away. You know what I mean? Like just like tone it back a little bit. Be very excited about Justin Fields because you have a lot of reasons to be excited and he will show you why you should be excited. But, you know, like Lucas said, he is a rookie. You know what I mean? That There's a reason why like guys like Jay Cutler are going on Waddle and Sylvie and saying like, listen, like tone back, like your expectations of this kid, like obviously he's insanely talented, but like, this isn't college football. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing we could put out here. How often have all of us been so hyped up about a college football player, regardless of the position, that just never panned out in the NFL or that they had a slow start and quarterbacks notoriously start slow in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like you can't expect perfection right off the bat, especially in an offense last year that, you know, I don't care how much anyone wants to get on board with Matt Nagy has not proven yet to be a great NFL offense on its own without Andy Reid kind of uh, being on top of it. So that's something that you have to take into account as well. If you're going to go at anybody with Justin Fields struggling early and the offense looking bad, go at the bald fraud, please. Like that's the right guy to go at. That's the guy who's been here for a couple of years and is proven to be an NFL head coach. Like that's who you should go at. Be just, please be patient. Like, 
it's Chicago. I understand. Like we like going to quarterbacks. It's that simple. Like we want, we are so starved for a great quarterback that we want that we will, we're ready to throw anybody under the bus to get it. So let's just not throw Justin Fields under the bus. Cause I think the talent is there. I think he's smart enough to be able to handle an, you know, an NFL offense. He's, he's able to handle an NFL defense. Like he's just, be patient. I'm sorry. I'm losing my wording a little bit, but just no, and I get what you're saying patient. because I, and, and that's, I think the difference between Justin Fields and a guy like Mitch and, you know, I hate the comparisons as well because they're two different, two different guys, two different players, two different situations that they're coming into. But I just think the reality of it is, is that Justin Fields is so much more pro ready than Mitchell Trubisky. And I think Mitchell Trubisky being kind of the good old boy and the guy who just, does everything the right way. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Justin Fields will have a little bit more of that. If Nagy is fucking around, he knows the situation. He's not stupid. He knows how a lot of people are criticizing Nagy. And like, I think realistically, if it comes down to it, Justin Fields will play the bongos on Fat Nagy's bald fucking skull. Well, since you guys are passing a PVC pipe, like it's a blunt at Lollapalooza, I'll be the one to throw the dong on the table, but I don't know how or when it will happen, but. Justin Fields will win a Super Bowl for the Chicago Bears. That's my meat on the table prediction. I know I'm going to sound crazy. I know that that's going to get on sports shit. No one says that's going to go on old takes exposed. But the difference between Justin Fields and Mitchell Trubisky, and I'll say it like this. Mitchell Trubisky never played for fucking anything. The dude was playing in like the Sun Bowl or like the Liberty Bowl or some goofy shit. Justin Fields is a champion. Justin Fields is a winner. He's won at every level of football he has ever played at. He's a guy who finds a way to go out there on Sunday and win a football game any means necessary. Like you guys said, it's going to be different. Chicago is the one city for a quarterback that if you land, it's almost like you're no matter where you walk, you're stepping on mines. There's so many dead bodies from past quarterbacks. Bears fans have to understand this. It like like you guys said, it may not come right away. I personally think a little bit differently. Like I don't think he's going to be going for three fifty and and three touchdowns a game, but it's going to be an upgrade and an uptick on what we've oh, seen in our quarterback. Yeah, one thousand percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. the thing is, is like you guys said, it's like it's different. It's way different than Mitch. It's way different than anybody else. You guys have to realize. They move mountains to go get this guy. He is our quarterback until proven otherwise, and he's going to get as many chances as possible, and I don't really think he's going to need nine lives to prove that he is the guy that we have needed for our entire lives, our listeners' entire lives, and the entire life of the Chicago Bears franchise. So, I mean, I know I may be getting ahead of myself, but in this business, it's something I'm willing to do for a guy that, even as a Notre Dame fan have had the utmost respect for it throughout his entire college career. And now he's a Chicago bear. So it's crazy how that shit works out. Yeah. And, and I almost feel like a little bit bad for Andy Dalton because like his wife's so hot. bro. His, well, that's what I was getting at. His, his, his reception to Chicago was just absolutely awful. And now that Justin Fields got drafted, I don't think there's one bears fan that truthfully wants Andy Dalton to start the season. I, I'm sure there's a couple but at the end of the day, I think we know it's going to end up. It's going to be a Justin Fields cuck hold on Andy with his wife, and it's just going to be Andy watching in the corner, which is completely fine in my eyes. 
but I, I like just, the scene, it's like the scene from Semi Pro. It's like the scene from Semi Pro with Monix. He's just, just sitting at the kitchen Dalton table, getting absolutely cucked, <laughs> and Miss Nagy all at the same time. Like just Justin Fields going to be cuckolding everybody. Um, but no, I, I just I just truthfully feel like no, you're right. We've never seen anything like this in Chicago. And when you really look at it, he's almost as fast as Kyler Murray, but he's a throw for his quarterback. And I don't think he has the strongest arm in this draft class or really, I, I don't think he'd be considered a strong arm quarterback in, in terms of, accurate, of, the, though. of the league, but he's got more than enough of more than enough on his ball to, to be considered a top tier quarterback. And with the accuracy, I think that's what really separates him. And when you really look at everyone in this draft class, I think it, it's almost kind of shaping out to be destiny, you know, beat on. I, I think that, I think that it's if I had to bet right now, if someone said, Hey, you got you get to pick Justin Fields wins the Super Bowl with the Bears or he doesn't, I would have to bet on yes, because he's just a different animal. And like we said, he is built for this city. I don't think if you draft Trey Lance, if you draft Trevor Lawrence, if you draft Zach Wilson, if you draft Mac Jones, I don't think any of them can take the history of Chicago Bears quarterbacks being dog shit on their shoulders the way that Justin Fields can. I, I mean, it's just same thing with Ohio State. He already broke that kind of narrative. And I know Dwayne Haskins was a level above a lot of these quarterbacks we've seen, you know, in the last 20 years at Ohio State. But I think Justin Fields just shits on Dwayne Haskins. So go ahead, be done. Oh, no, I was just – I was agreeing with you. But, yeah, like, with – with that's another thing I want to put to bed. Like, if your argument that Justin Fields isn't going to be good in the NFL because the Bears have never had a good quarterback and Ohio State has never produced a good quarterback, like, just please reconsider your sports takes because, you know, Craig Krenzel and Troy Smith and fucking Dwayne Haskins got nothing to do with Justin Fields. And if you look at the offense that Justin Fields played in in college, when we when we had Joe on, remember when we had Joe on, he brought up the – the down the field stat and how fields is able to paint the ball down the field better than anybody in this last draft class. So something that we haven't had with the Chicago bears over the last few years with Mitch is, you know, you're either getting it 10 yards too far or 10 yards under thrown. The accuracy is there. We can see the playmaking ability apparent on every play and like you said because he's not run first but when he takes off it's still electric like he makes people miss in the open field and that's one thing too that you know now that he's our starting quarterback and he's our guy we're going to want to keep an eye on like we don't want him running crazy like let's have Tariq and, and Montgomery and them do all that when the pocket breaks down and he has to take off but they got to protect him too because with a running quarterback it's a little bit of a different animal to keep your quarterback healthy you know, and honestly, to that point, I actually do want to bring up uh, a big quote that I think it was probably the best quote from that Jay Cutler interview with Waddle and Sylvie. Um, and it's it's about kind of what you're talking about. You know, we have to keep an eye on Justin Fields of like having to do too much, you know, because it shouldn't have to be that way. Basically, what Jay said is um, if you believe he's the guy, get everything set up so that when he's thrown in there, he's supported and he can make things happen the way he should, instead of battling through all this stuff and seeing ghosts five years from now or three years from now, he came from Ohio state. He's played in big games before. So I don't think he's going to mind it much, but I will say this isn't Ohio state. This isn't college football. The playing field gets leveled really quickly in the NFL. You're going to get humbled. Bad things are going to happen. You're just going to have to deal with it. And I think a lot of that goes with, having the right team assembled for Justin Fields, you know, 
even if Justin Fields comes into the season and plays his ass off and looks really good, it needs to be done with not just him carrying the offense. We don't let's not have our quarterback carry our offense. We don't need that to happen. Justin Fields, given the right players, given the right tools, given time in the pocket to be able to decide when he moves, to be able to decide like when he wants to throw to a guy, you know, to be more precise in that sense, that's only going to elevate his game. Let's elevate Justin Fields game. I think that's the number one thing. And it's probably the only thing holding me back from like, like saying a hundred, like a hundred percent that I want him to start week one. I'm probably at about 98%. I want him to start week one, but like, it's that 2% that it's like, do we have everything he needs right now to succeed that will keep him from being injured and to maximize his, his play? Because I want the confidence to be through the roof from the start. And I don't ever want it to go down throughout his entire NFL career, but I think he's the type of guy that can handle it. I also just don't want him like Jay said, to be seeing ghosts in three years. I don't want him to be playing fucking scared. Cause I think we saw a lot of that with Mitch early on in his career. Not that they're the same quarterback at all, but you know, even a guy like Sam Darnold at USC who played in a lot of big games at USC, look at him right now he's terrified in the pocket and that's something that nobody expected coming out of his game coming out of college and I don't want to see that happen to Justin Fields well and I think we've seen historically like a lot of the guys that get drafted by a team that's supposed to say say it's the Bears they're supposed to pick 20 but they they go up to 11 like that takes a lot of pressure off a quarterback there's not a ton of quarterbacks that I've seen as number one or number two number three draft picks that completely change their franchise around in one season, like a true, you know, even to me, Peyton Manning's the only one that I feel like I've truly seen do that. You know what I mean? Like Peyton Manning came onto a a really awful team and within two years, like everything kind of turned around. And even with someone like uh, Andrew Luck, it's like that was one year without Peyton Manning, but that whole team was still kind of assembled. And as soon as they had a top tier quarterback, they went back to where they were supposed to be. But I, I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, yeah, I, I get what you, I get what what you're saying, Duke. But I, I feel like he has the 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 goal to take to take whatever it is. You know what I mean? And even Jay Cutler is someone that didn't seem like someone that was affected by the Bears fans and the Bears fan base and stuff like that. I think it does. I think it gets to you if if you have everyone in the city that you're playing for talking about how you're a fucking bum. Like I think it will get to you no matter what. Doesn't matter what kind of person you are. You're kind of inhuman if it doesn't get to you. you Justin I mean? Fields ain't gonna ask to have the TVs turned off at Hellas Hall. Oh, shut the like fuck that. up, B Don. You're just as much of a Mitch guy as everyone else. All right. I'm gonna just put it like that. Just to put it like that. It's it's way easier said like that. Justin Fields, I mean, did you see the picture of him at, at camp? Nips running through his jersey. Oh, he, he was so like, excited. They were cutting glass out there, bro. He looks like a Terminator. No joke. Yeah. And and speaking about his size and stuff, because I think that's something that's super underrated. I wonder if the way he finished runs translates to the NFL. And I wonder if someone's in his ear saying, hey, you don't need to lower your shoulder and take somebody fucking out on your way to the sideline. Like, just go just out. Just hammering, hammering the hit stick, trying to just break some linebacker's shoulder. Dude, he has fucked people up. Like, as a yeah. quarterback running the ball, he has put people on their back, like, made them look foolish. Even if you look at the hit uh, in the in the college football playoff where the guy from Clemson broke his ribs, which, remember, Justin Fields doesn't love football. He's, he's not a fan of football. He played in the semi semifinal with eight broken ribs after just getting absolutely sent, like, a terrible hit. Bears fans, go back and look at that hit. That's what we need to avoid at all costs for our guy, Justin Fields. Sideline is your best friend. Don't listen to what Walter used to say about the sideline. As a quarterback, Mr. Fields, 
find the sideline and learn how to slide. So I'm pretty sure he's, he's a talented slider, which will come in handy because we do not want him taking those big hits. All right. So we've kind of exhausted this Justin Fields thing. I think we all kind of agree if Justin Fields ready to go, we're just going to have him uh, start. There's no reason not to, but the A-Rob saga continues. A-Rob is back. It's another thing that just happened today. Really fresh. You know, Daniel Goodwin of a, of a different Bears podcast, he went ahead and, and kind of got into it with A-Rob again. And then a bunch of people have been on either side of it. Um, you know, it's, it's very, it's kind of crazy how much this A-Rob saga has fucking taken pauses and come back on and everything like that. There just seems to be some sort of beef. In my opinion, I mean, I think his tweet was Nets, 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 like Jets, Jets, Jets. And then Daniel Goodwin, who I actually think is a great follow um, on Twitter. He, he pretty much was just like, the call is Brooklyn. And, and saying that it was a subliminal message about how he wants to go to the Jets or blah, blah, blah. I'm not really sure I read that far into it. But A-Rob clapped back big time. And he was just kind of like calling him a fanboy and shit like that. I just think we need to bring up A-Rob again in general, just because I, I don't see A-Rob being a part of the future plans for the Chicago Bears. So my thought is, and it has been consistent since last year, week two, even with Justin Fields starting this year, I do not believe the Bears are a Super Bowl contender. I think that they could be similar to the Tennessee Titans in 2019 or 2018, whatever year they made that run and knocked off a couple of teams. Like I think they could be scary in the playoffs, but I wouldn't put them as a Super Bowl favorite right now. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are just fucking insane how good they are now know. you now you say that but pull up your your uh, bad rivers account and and show the people who you have as the future to win there's the no doubt i'll take that back it's a whole, <laughs> this so is, so i'm let's not reel a smart that back. gambler let's, let's no, reel that back. <laughs> i'm not a smart gambler but i and i i think realistically the bears could take the north even with aaron Rodgers and green bay and we don't know what's going on with that i'm sure we'll touch on it but it just doesn't seem like A-Rob wants to be here anymore. He doesn't feel appreciated. He didn't feel appreciated last year. And I don't see a long-term contract in the near future for A-Rob. So it, my thought is, like, why not just fucking trade him? Like, why not just trade him and get something before he decides to leave on bad terms and we only get a fourth or fifth round comp pick? And that's only if the Bears fucking – I mean, because the comp pick formula is so insane, but one of the most basic parameters is you have to have more money and players leaving your team than you have signing. And I think next year they might reload. So we might not even get a comp pick if A-Rob goes somewhere else. Then you got a franchise tag on the second time and deal with all this bullshit that's going on. Like, it's just, to me, it's just like the relationship is tainted. Just separate. You know what I mean? Like, Justin Fields does not need Allen Robinson that bad. Did Justin Fields have any elite wide receivers in, in college? No, he didn't. But we do have some guys on this roster aside from him. So that's just kind of how I feel. I wanted to ask Duke because you did bring up our boy A-Rod. Like, what have you been hearing in Wisconsin from, like, the radio and all their sources up there since you're a little bit closer up there in Kankakee? Like, what's going on with that whole situation? All right. So, basically, what I've what I've kind of gathered from it, because I listen to Bill Michaels on the way to work every day, just because I always like to stay close to the enemy. I always just kind of want to know what the, what the fuck Packer fans are thinking. Yeah. Plus, he's kind of one of the better non-meatball guys. Um, outside of him, he's probably got the more realistic approach. Like Aaron Rodgers is incredible. Like we shouldn't try to actively want him gone, you know, but we have to kind of deal with the situation as he's fit. Whereas we're seeing guys like Tom Silverstein, we're seeing a lot of the beat Packer guys, um, obviously cheese head TV. The one dude that always gets ratioed on Twitter, Bukaki guy. 
Oh, Peter yeah, Bukaki and Aaron the, Nagler is another one too. Yeah, I fucking hate. I hate Aaron Nagler, and uh, Bukaki has me blocked on Twitter because I called him Bukaki. But um, <laughs> uh, I've called him Bukaki a couple times. He's that's never fucking legendary. blocked me. Immediate block, dude. <laughs> I, I don't know if he just did not want the smoke from me or something, but yeah. Uh, but anyway, a lot of them are really trying to kind of tarnish how important Aaron Rodgers is to the team, which I think is hysterical because how, how come on. We're Bears fans. We yeah. see how important Aaron Rodgers is to Green Bay Packers. But it's almost like they're trying to like – there's like two fucking – two parties. The ones who are trying to convince themselves that Aaron Rodgers really isn't all that important in the first place, that you know we have they have to get the Jordan Love fucking era started anyway, and they're prepared to either just let him retire to be spiteful or the, to just trade him for every possible pick in the world. And then there are the fans who just do not believe that any of this is anything, that none of this, none of this is real. Aaron Rodgers is just fine. The reason he missed OTAs was because he wanted to do an F you to the players. Association. They just live on a farm and don't have a TV or radio. And no, dude, it's just straight up to see those fucking fart sniffers ride in on their bikes and everything's going to be fine. Like, I think one of their parents might be an ostrich because their head is so fucking deep in the dirt and they just do not want to hear it. And they'll do, they'll get really defensive. Like I have a couple buddies who are Packer fans that I'll try like that. I've always have rational conversations with. Like we always have good football conversations. We like kind of set aside the fan base thing. But when I try to bring this up, dude, they do not want to even talk about it. Like it's, it's bad up here in green Bay. It's bad up here in Wisconsin. I guess I'm not in green Bay, but, um, yeah, dude, there's a lot of denial. There's a lot of people saying that Rodgers isn't that important. It's it's eerily similar to when Favre retired and uh, they just were ready to kind of talk. They were ready to just kind of toss him out the bag. And then he ends up going to Minnesota and just kind of shitting on their chest for a couple of years. So, uh, yeah, I don't well, think I don't yeah. think Packer fans are thinking ahead too much. I think they're just either denying it completely or they're thinking 100 percent in the moment and thinking that they have their third star quarterback in Jordan Love. So it's funny you say that. There's a guy, Jason, um, I don't know his at off the top of my head, but he's a Packers fan. I feel like he interacts with a lot of Bears fans. He's a he's a big time like a football card collector and stuff like that. He's actually a really cool kid. Um, and I don't interact with a lot of Packers fans. I think most of them suck balls. But I think this kid's all right. Or he's actually a grown man, but I think he's all right. And it's funny because that same kind of conversation came up. I was like, oh, yeah, what if Aaron Rodgers is a bear? And they were like, ha, 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 blah, blah, this and that, you know, kind of like that's not going to happen. I was like, hey, all it takes is for him to go to the Jets for one year and then decide that he wants to be a fucking bear and that's over and he, they all just stop like that in their tracks. This was before Justin Fields, all that stuff. But I understand why your friends in green, like, or in Wisconsin would be very upset about this and not want to talk about it because I was upset about letting Mitch go because I thought he had potential, you know what I mean? Before Justin Fields and like trying to force him out of town. And we ended up with Danny, Andy Dalton at first. And now in hindsight, and something we kind of, prefaced a lot of our shows with like hey we got to see this whole offseason play out because if it's just Andy Dalton like fuck like we downgraded that quarterback I just don't understand the opposite side of that the people that are just like fuck Aaron Rodgers I'm a Packers fan first this and that like I get it Aaron Rodgers is a prick he doesn't even like his own family but he's an MVP bro he is in my opinion the best quarterback I've seen for Patrick Mahomes to surpass what I mean, I'm talking talent wise too. Obviously, t- Tom Brady's the biggest winner, and there's a lot of things that go into it. But for for Patrick Mahomes to surpass 
Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback, he's going to need to do exactly what he's been doing for another 10 years. You know what I mean? Like that's how good of a quarterback Aaron Rodgers is. So I, I just don't understand the Packers fan side of things uh, when it comes to trying to run this guy out of town. It doesn't make sense. If I'm a Packers fan, if he doesn't want to play for us, I say force him into retirement. You know what I mean? Because I, I would I not want to see him I play for anyone else. I to see the videos of his jersey burning in like – a farm on like in like a barn just out in the middle of green bay just burning a rogers jersey. just jordan rogers just like in green bay with fans just burning his brother's jerseys i just i yeah he works or his one brother works in the nfl and hasn't talked to him in years which is just insane but i mean i don't know from from the the jag off 12 up across the border to our 12 it seems to be something with the number where these guys just want to force their way out of where they're at but back to back to a rob i mean yeah we did kind of go off course we for went, a second we, but went, we are talking we went, about a, yeah we're kind of this is a free-for-all we went a rod to a rob they all got the same number they're both being jag offs right now and, you had a great you had a great transition though Binan. i'll give it to yeah, you i i nice that was a good one i i I realized I brought us off the rails, so I had to realize. That <laughs> but, uh, Great yeah, job. The train is back on, on the rails and we're full head of steam. But I really just think like get get Allen Robinson's, you know, trade value up and, and trade him at the deadline. Get a good first six, seven weeks out of him and get the most that you can get from him unless mountains are moved and somehow the relationship is mended, which I really like if they're if there was like a percentage, I would say is under a 25% chance. And that 25 is being very generous. Like that's being very generous to say that Allen Robinson wouldn't want to go play for like the Ravens or go play for the saints or go play for a team that he feels he has a better chance to be more productive and to win more football games and potentially a Super Bowl. I think he just wants to, to, to get paid, to be honest. I don't even know if those are like high priorities. Cause if he was talking about trying to get extended by the bears last I mean, year, I think it was honest, more about think, money than anything. I think this is really what it is. His agent hasn't really won yet in the NFL and he hasn't gotten that big bag and he's trying to get his boy beat on Parker set up. And like I said before the episode, there's only one beat on him. It's not him. Yeah, man, I'm uh I have been I feel like we've all been pretty vocal about how much of a jag off his agent is. But um I mean, dude, when Allen's going at fucking guys on Twitter, so the biggest tweet that bothers me was just the initial like reply to this fucking tweet where Allen Robinson wants to go at a pretty notable Bears fan and Daniel Goodwin the third. You know, I feel like he follows all of us. He's a pretty good guy. Um, and, you know, he's he's relevant on Bears Twitter, you know, very relevant on Bears Twitter. And he wants to come at him and just say, I ain't a fan of nobody. You the fan, fan. And it's just like, that's that's so petty. And that's such bullshit. It's like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, how the hell do you think you're going to try to build like, where is the Allen Robinson from a few years ago where he just embraced his fan base where like he, you know, kept business outside of being a fucking fan. Like how, how did it get to the point where somebody calling you out in a quote tweet when you have like what 300, 400,000 fucking followers on Twitter, how is that going to bug you so much? I mean, like, just follow the money, bro, dude. Daniel, it's what it Daniel comes Godwin, down to. Daniel Godwin. I don't know if he's an athletic guy or if he's in shape, name a time, name a place. Hey Rob, lace him up. Beat me in one-on-ones, you fuck boy. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I don't care if he beats me 10 out of 10 and catches 10 touchdowns on my head. We can go We can go to any park anywhere and let's do some one-on-ones. I don't give a damn. Yeah. At 5'8". Eight, eight. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that would fare well for a lot of Bears fans if they were to challenge Allen Robinson. But I think we really just need to follow the money. When you think of it, 
Allen Robinson, when he first came to the Bears, he just came off a torn ACL. We overpaid for him. That was the narrative that offseason. The Bears overpaid for a receiver who is a 1B receiver, as we've kind of identified. But at that time, he was a, he definitely wasn't a top-tier, top-five receiver in the league. He was he was moving upwards, but he definitely wasn't, you know, he was maybe in, in the top 15, you know what I mean? Like between 8 and 15 is where A-Rob was at that point in his career. But he just got a bag. And that's what it comes down to. We overpaid him for those three years. And the second that he knew he didn't have any longevity left on his contract is when he started acting this way. And that's why I say, just let him go. And I'm not saying Allen Robinson's a bad guy or anything like that, or, but you're right. Like that's really petty. You know, for a fact, if you're an NFL superstar, you are going to ratio whoever the fuck you do. So for you to be that condescending to a fan base that has given you nothing but love for the most part and your problem is with the organization and now someone wants to call you out, like I think it's kind of petty. Overall, it's just started a whole movement. Extend A-Rob was a movement that started with the fans that got to Cordero Patterson and got to Tariq Cohen and got to all these guys, started by the fans. Yeah. And it's kind of like a shitty way to repay your fans. And I think that's why some of these people are starting to clap back because mid season last year, it was, everyone was extend Allen Robinson, extend Allen Robinson. I was in the minority. You know how many people were talking mad shit to me because I said we should trade him. Cause I see it going down this path and it did, you know, and, and, and it's sad that it did. And I think Allen Robinson's a great player, but I just, I just don't think he's a long-term option for the bears at this point, you know, and I think the best thing they could do is just get more value for him. We saw it. We see it in every draft, even a guy like T Higgins, who I really like DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, like all these guys are second round players. So, I, you know, I just feel like it, you might as well just, just rip the bandaid off at this point. Well, dude, look at it this way. And to anyone who even enjoys like the talent of like Allen Robinson on the field and all that fun stuff. Let's, let's, let's say in a perfect fucking world for a lot of people, we re-sign Al Robinson and he's completely happy with his contract and everything's all good. And the relationship's built. How the hell is he going to come back from this with the fans? How the hell is he ever going to redeem himself after he's been going at fans this entire off season when he was going at fans during the season? Like what, like, what do you say? Like, I'm so appreciative of the fans that I've been shitting on Twitter, like shitting on, on Twitter all fucking season. Like, yeah, man. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I I wouldn't mind seeing Allen come back. I guess I'm in the minority on this pod when it comes to something like that, just because of his talent. And I know the type of like chip he has on his shoulder. And that's part of like what's coming out here. But like, he's been such a jag off to his own people. And like, he has to realize like, dude, we are all fans of the Chicago Bears. Like, even as much as we bitch about a lot of these players, we go to fucking war with them with other fan bases all the fucking time. Like, bro, we buy the jerseys, we buy the tickets. Like, we're there to see you. Like, we are there to support you. Like, every step of the fucking way. Like, obviously, like Beaton said, like, we started a fucking movement to get this guy paid. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people hopped on it like even without kind of regarding the fucking salary cap or the team situation yet you want to fucking clap back when anyone makes any little comment at you. And it's like, it's like Kevin Durant light, man. Like it's, it's Kevin Durant level of soft when you're not the player. <laughs> that Kevin, Kevin Durant. Durant. Kevin Durant. Meet me on the corner, bitch. Meet me on this corner. Like straight up, man. It's like, how the fuck are you ever going to redeem yourself with this fan base at this point? So yeah, I'm, I'm very quickly getting to the point where it's like, yeah, up his value at the deadline and trade him because in all honesty, like I think he's I think he's destroyed his fucking relationship with the fans. And once you do that, they're never gonna support you and the team's not gonna want to keep you around because you're not gonna sell jerseys. And I mean, and, and the best part about it too, 
people might think that like what happens on Twitter is undervalued and no, like the bears PR, they see that like when they, they feel the pressure from Chicago bears fans. And I think Duke hit the, the nail on the head because the Chicago fan base is very like, this is my piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like we can call him a piece of shit, but if someone else from another fan base calls him a piece of shit, you're that's it. Like we're fucking coming in groves at you. So I, I, you know, it, it might seem silly or childish, but I, I personally believe like it. Twitter has shown this man so much support. And for him, you've seen it slip and it's because of him and his agent's actions. And that's what it comes down to. It's this support for a Rob went from 1000% to now it's 50, 50. Now people are willing to fight with each other about it. You know what I mean? And that's, that's a bad place for, I just, I just don't see an extension happening. You know what I mean? Because it, it gave the bears front office uh, an out on Allen Robinson. You know what I mean? Before it was like, we need to resign him. We need to resign him. We need to resign him. Now a lot of people are saying, fuck him, let him go. So, you know, and I, and of course the bears, they'd be a terrible organization if they just moved with the fan base and did whatever the fan base wanted on Twitter. Of course, that's not what I'm saying, but I do think that they feel the pressure of the Chicago bears fan base. That's, that's kind of, a really a long way to, way to say what I'm, you know, what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, like similar to what I said last week on Twitter about the whole Russell Westbrook situation, I think you have to look at the sports world right now and just the world that we're living in and realize that this is the closest that your regular Joe has ever been to your athletes, you know, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Instagram whether it's courtside Karen at the Lakers-Hawks game, whether it's the guy throwing popcorn or a water bottle at Kyrie Irving or Russell Westbrook, fans need to realize that these people are going to probably see what you say and say something. And it's like, Allen Robinson should know better. He has been in the league for what, like six, seven years now? Like his, first of all, as someone who is going to school to try to be a slam dunk NFL agent who doesn't deal with stuff like this, his agent should be in his ear telling him, bro, that Twitter shit is for the birds. You should be using Twitter to promote your brands, post some cool pictures and videos from your games and just promote your brand. It shouldn't be used, you know, create a burner account like Kevin Durant. If you want to bitch at people on Twitter, that's the way to go for sure. Do it from your verified account because you're a role model to, to kids that are younger than, you know, we're not kids anymore, but to kids, to people that are younger than us and the people that are our age see the type of shit that he does. And then eventually just, you know, we start fighting with them. So it's just, it's not good from any angle. Just keep the status quo post, like whatever inspirational shit on Twitter and go play football, man. Like you don't need to be going at it with people on Twitter about everyday shit because it, to be honest, you know, it's below you. It truly is. It, that's that's what I was kind of getting at, right? Yeah. Like you're like clapping back, like you know you're going to ratio whoever. Like how many yeah. people have put out things like about he's better than he doesn't need to Jack. be doing that. Yeah. Exactly. No, I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like there's no reason for him to be clapping back at normal fans, and and that's not saying he doesn't. have And that doesn't give you the right to be a jag off to Allen Robinson. So don't take it like I'm saying. Go be an asshole to him. Like everyone just keeps let's let's be nice where's the guy where's will ferrell from elf everyone love everyone we got our quarterback like it is not hell like it is last year we're zero and zero and it's time to go one and oh week one against the rams oof hey will ferrell from elf yeah isn't that the guy he's like everyone love everyone he's like ele or some shit right <laughs> i was in semi-pro which you oh was it semi-pro god damn i episode. fucked that shit up damn wow um, yeah no i and like 
dude, there's so much positive shit that Allen Robinson could put. Like, dude, his within reach foundation. Like, That's they what do I'm great saying. stuff with the like, like city of Chicago. Yeah. Like, dude, talk about that. Or like, you know what? Be open with the fans if you're gonna clap back at him. Don't just tweet it. You know the world. You know what I mean? Like, like Akeem Hicks, he'll openly ask people to fucking reply to his tweet and say shit, and he'll just casually talk with people. And even if someone goes at Akeem, he'll like jokingly say some shit back. He's not gonna take that shit too hard. And like, I've interacted with Akeem Hicks a couple times on Twitter, and it's it's always a good fucking time because he is he gra- he knows what he's talking about. He wants to interact with the fans. Otherwise, he won't tweet for a while. You know, if you don't want to, if you don't want people to interact with you. Stay off the fucking bird account. Don't open the door because, yeah, you have 90% of people on Twitter don't even have have their fucking faces, their picture. I have the best Akeem Hicks story aside from the fact, like, when I met him, like, super man of the people, took time to sign everyone's autograph, take a picture, whatever. I posted a picture, or my girl, my ex-girlfriend, rest in peace to her soul. She's not dead. She's just gone. She's just a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, she's just a bitch. Uh, She like, she like posted on Instagram, like, uh, like our picture that we took together at training camp. And then like, she sent me a screenshot of the DMs and it was literally Akeem Hicks responded. And he's like, I'll go to war for you and your man every Sunday. And I'm just like, that is my fucking like build the statue right now like Akeem Hicks forever yeah and it's it's funny too like if you're someone like Allen Robinson and you perform week in and week out because you can't take that away from him he's a good player dude and he seems like a really good dude too that's why I don't understand he is a Chicago guy like he's not the best but he always tries his hardest and it usually works out in his favor I yeah I just I just uh, it's kind of crazy how far this has spiraled downhill because yeah I think realistically he could have been the type of dude that finished his career here if he just chilled the fuck out. He could you know have finished I mean? his career here as the best receiver in Chicago Bears history. And never him. paid for a drink when he ever went out again. Like he never was like beef, no beers, nothing. Yeah. And it's just kind of it's it's kind of sad to see it go. You know, you wish someone, like you said, you wish his agent would have just gotten his ear and been like, hey, just talk about fucking the Within Reach Foundation and just talk about how you're helping underprivileged kids in Chicago and shit. Like that is like because it's created this narrative, like, before this, Allen Robinson wasn't considered a diva wide receiver. And if you look at the diva positions, we look at two positions in specific, and they, they guard each other on Sundays, wide receivers and defensive backs, and sometimes quarterback. But for the most part, diva situations, you look at wide receivers, number one, top every year, there's a wide receiver bitching about his money, how he's not getting paid or how he's not getting the ball. Exactly. And I just, I hate it had to be him because I really had higher expectations for him and I really had higher expectations for the team in, in extending him in a timely manner to where it didn't turn into a ticking time. Bomb. But you kind of got to understand too, like look at the wide receiver market right now. Like look oh, yeah. at everything that happened and, and all the money that was lost. Here, bro. Yeah. It's just like all the money that was lost, everything like that. Like you have to know going into that climate and he knew that that's why he signed the franchise tag. Otherwise he would have been a lot more stubborn about it, but he knew he saw what the, what the wide receiver market looked like. He saw it was oversaturated with not a lot of salary cap. Like how do you expect the bears to extend you like that when they know something big is coming? I truthfully believe if there is no pandemic last year and the season isn't up in the air and stuff like that, I think that they get it done. No problem. Cause they know, Hey, the cap goes up, whatever, but no one fucking knew. And that's why they had to offer him the franchise tag. And I think a lot of this stuff with his agent and shit, like we don't know, we know his agent's a shit bag, right? We know it as people on Twitter. God only knows what kind of conversations he has with the Chicago Bears for an office. 
God only knows, like who knows how much, how much he fucks that up. So there's part and, he, and they have the upper hand and, and he's clearly not playing his cards. Well, if they have the upper hand and a deal is still not done. So, well, and that's the thing that's disappointing too, because it, I don't think Alan Robinson's a shit bag, but he has appeared that way in this last year. And that's what it really boils down to. Yeah. And I, you know, I kind of think the biggest thing, you know, that I kind of, biggest thing I want to say uh, to anyone listening is we are not telling Alan Robinson not to express himself. Like, dude, say you know what i mean like you're a fucking person you're allowed to say what the fuck you want you're allowed to feel certain ways about things just don't attack the people who care about you don't attack the people who are trying to fucking help you you know what i mean like i i just there's not many focuses on twitter that are saying don't extend a rob you would actually have to physically search those keywords on twitter oh and i've been called the jag off so many times not those exact words but i've been shit on you would get get ratio like if you look extend a rob twitter and don't extend a rob twitter it's it's like espn and a network that no longer exists i like I mean, I th- and I thought I thought you made a good point, uh, beat on before with the idea that Allen Robinson. There's no reason that he shouldn't have been the guy that could retire Chicago Bear. Like he plays that way. He does. He plays it. He plays a tough style of football. You know, he plays a way like he wants to go up and get the ball. He wants to be the fucking workhorse wide receiver. Like, and we all love that. You know, I remember when Matt Forte was here, and he he kind of embraced that workforce, like that workhorse back thing, like halfway through his career, and everyone really bought into that and that was right before he got paid and everybody was on board with him getting paid now people have jumped off board with alan robinson getting paid because he wants to talk about how badly he wants to get paid instead of just talking about how he wants to be the best chicago bear i want to be the best football player possible i want to be the best teammate possible like it it was it was almost to the point in the mid mid year last year where we were wondering if he was being a bad person in the locker room and we don't know if he was or not like was he making the locker room locker room worse and he never really tried to you know, clarify that he was more worried about the contract situation. And it's like, at a certain point, you have to understand the contract, you know, business is business. You're always going to have to worry about yours. You have to worry about the money, let your agent take care of that, play football and play for the guy next to you. And it hit a certain point last year where it didn't feel like that. And that's why people feel the way that they do. Yeah. I mean, and and it did almost, I'm not going to say it created a division in the locker room, but it's it, it was kind of weird seeing Tariq Cohen and Cordell Patterson and all these guys come out saying extend AR. You know what I mean? It's like it creates a rift. And then they just between... didn't even try to extend Patterson. I don't even think they offered him. No, they didn't. No. It's like they're just – I don't know, man. It, it, I think that to be as positive as possible about it, like I think these type of business handlings are going to start being left in the past for the Chicago Bears, I would hope, like – knock on wood for that like you would hope they're able to make the right decisions in the future whether it's a couple million dollars here or a couple million dollars there but you don't ever want to be on the news uh, ESPN NBC every week about this guy wanting his money and not getting it it's a headache for every single person it's a headache for the reporters that got to cover it and we're not even you know we're not even the reporters that are there we just have the podcast you know what I'm saying like it's just like either trade them, get some value for them, or let the contract ride out and take an ultimate L on not getting anything back on a receiver that has a good amount of value. So yeah, that's what it comes down to extend them. But I just, I I just don't see it happening at this point. 18 mil. I don't know if that's the number that, and it's not my money, obviously, but 
18 mil doesn't seem like the right number. I think that we've talked between 14 and 16, and we've said that as late or as early as last November when it first came out. Yeah, and I I just think, you know, I don't think an extension is in the thing, but that's another thing, too. We really don't know the number. We don't know what the Bears offered him. We don't know what he denied. We don't know a lot of this stuff. A lot of it's left up in the air, but when when you're tweeting out cryptic shit and stuff like that, that's what it allows you to be up for speculation. Everybody's just got kind sources. Of what you guys were saying. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's got a fucking source. RIP to that one source that we hear all that good information from because he's no longer able to give us sources. Uh, if you know who we're talking about, it's just one of those guys on Twitter that's just I just that's don't understand. I just don't understand, bro. What's no up, one dude? can be as bad as Daniel Greenberg, though. He is the worst fake source. He just retweets whatever. He's got every. Hey, you know what though? I follow Dan Daniel Greenberg and everything he puts, he puts in out the work. Yeah, he puts in the work. He'd be listening to a lot of podcasts and a lot of shows to find all those quotes. So I'll give him credit. Yeah, I was gonna say I I definitely have to give him credit over you know other sauce guys for sure because like he actually goes direct to the sources you know what i mean like he has proof he with everything well and he gives everyone credit too within his tweets so i can't because I mean. he's on top of the shit like but he does do a very he does do that thing where it's like someone else said it and then he'll type the exact thing that they said and then put their at at it well, but that's yeah. better yeah he's a far sniffer you're right be done like <laughs> but i don't i don't dislike him i just i i don't dislike anyone to be honest i think just some people are fucking clowns on twitter yeah, I think I think it's better than the people who are like, yeah. So uh, my my second third cousin, you know, cleans toilets at Hallis Hall. So I got and this you heard guy somebody in whispering. Hall, yeah. yeah, you know, because there are definitely those guys, and it's not just um, one. There I'm are plenty. To, I'm still trying to get that uh that internship at Hallis Hall for training camp, so I could be that guy. Bro, might clean be that toilets. Guy. Like be fucking clean Matt Nagy's toilet I'll after just never takes a fucking fat be, shit. Yeah, I'll, oh my God. Just a fucking <laughs> bowl filler. I'll never have uh, those tweets come off from my personal account. But it, it, and I honestly don't know if I'll get the gig because I'm already, I already got this one internship. But hey, I'm, uh, I'm open to working for the Bears. That would be awesome. It would Someone be more like and- uh, Someone Operation. would go and do a stall and take a shit and be down would be like, just don't flush. I'll, I'll, I'll sit through that. Don't worry about it. Like, let me, let me let people know if you ate corn or not. I'll um, say there's gotta be something in here worth recording. Beat on, no. beat on just sitting in a stall waiting for like the one story a day that gets talked about in the bathroom. Like guys, I got it. I got the story. <laughs> yep. Just I think fucking going incognito sitting in there taking a shit in the dark. Hey Rob got extended. I found out in the shitter. <laughs> All right, I think we've gone far off course. We're we're done for the day. You guys enjoy your Memorial Day. If you'd like to uh, go ahead and listen to more of our content, you could follow us at Bears on Tap or follow on Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas Perfetti. You could follow me at Lucas Perfetti 46, and I'm also joined alongside by Beat on 300, the fart slash poop sifter at Palace Hall, <laughs> and Mr. Brandon and that pod guy Duke Duke Coughlin. We love you guys. Bear down. Take care. Bear down, and don't forget to crack them today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Bear down, crack them, and fucking grill them too. Grill them, do everything you Put can. Meat on your the day. table, hundred percent.